Sorry, wait. You think I'm better than you? I kind of thought it was the other way around. I, I mean, you made the varsity golf team when we were freshmen. No one else did that. And you have 10 siblings who all look up to you. And don't get me started on your hair. I will never have volume like that. <laughs> this takes like six cans of dry shampoo and it's still flat. Wow. So all of our competing has literally been pointless? It's true. Those selfies were getting out of control. I had to adopt that corgi and he's mean. I fell into a grave twice. <laughs> we're ridiculous. I'm so glad we're done with all this. Me too. Hello and welcome to Hello Cover the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is Ashlyn Madden, whom you may know as the voice of Batgirl on the original um, DC Superhero Girls, replacing uh, Maya Whitman uh, in the role of Season 5 and the Lego um, specials that they did. I don't know. Do, they, do those count as movies? I guess those count I as guess. movies. <laughs> And uh, but most people probably know you, and the reason probably most people are listening to this is because you are the voice of Carol on Loud House, who only appeared in two, <laughs> who only appeared in like two episodes, but yet had 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 such a big impact that it's it's kind of amazing, really. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that was I love the Loud House. I that was one of the uh, shows on my vision board. Um, I've wanted to be a part of that since it was announced. So to be a part of that show and also to be a character that for so long people speculated about is fun because she could be anybody, you know? <laughs> so, and I also like that Carol isn't as mean as people thought she was. She's actually very sweet. <laughs> No, because um, it's interesting because we did not know that she was ever going to come back. I thought that they were, I thought, honestly, I thought that they were going to go in, in the direction of, okay, she's Laurie's rival. She's probably not going to speak until like way later on in the series. And she's probably going to be <laughs> like a, a varsity chick or something like that. Right. <laughs> but yep. uh, no, but I mean, when we, when we finally meet her in um, uh, the selfie episode, which I'm blanking on. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be the expert, but I'm kind of blanking on the <laughs> episode name. But um, uh, selfie, yeah, sel too, uh, 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 selfie improvement. That's that's the one. Selfie. Okay. There. Yeah. I mean, I was in it and I blanked on it. So <laughs> <you're fine. laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but when we when we when we're introduced to her in selfie improvement, she is she's actually like, well, I'm jealous of you, Laurie, because uh, the only reason I'm competing with you is because I'm jealous of you and. And it's such a, a sweet moment and, and down to earth. And, you know, I, I and for the longest time, I kind of wondered, like, who 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 is the voice of um, Carol? Because she's <laughs> she sounded really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I think that what I have noticed is through all of the characters that I've been playing, even when they're written insecure or maybe they have a mean moment it's all from a place of growth and they're they carol is just doing what she thinks is uh popular you know posting on what whatever the instagram is you know in in the episode and 
just trying to constantly keep up with an image. And in fact, um, she is not that. And I think that there's something beautiful about that that can teach kids that, you know, these social medias, that is not a, a fully formed personality. That is not who we are as people. We desperately should be interacting um, with each other and feeling each other's um, vibrations as people. Because it's so easy to, to think someone's being mean to you when really it's just something that they're doing because they're insecure. Yeah. And you bring up a good point about, you know, social media and it's, you know, negative effects. And we're unfortunately at that point in time where, you know, you go to social media <laughs> and it's really toxic and everyone's like throwing, <laughs> throwing each other under the bus. And, and I, and, yeah. and sometimes like, I mean, I've said this before, like many times on the podcast, but like the reason I do this show is because I want to get to know who the person is behind the character. Not, right. I mean, like, not not in the sense of, you know, what their acting career is like, but, like, who they are as a person. Because I keep, like, you know, little mental notes in my head of who of um, of um the conversations I've had, like, when I'm re-listening to them and, and thinking, oh, you know, this person likes this. This person's, like, a little rough around the edges. But, you know, once you get to know them <laughs> a little better, then they'll, you know, they're nice. And sometimes, you know... You know, sometimes I'll admit the conversations have been awkward <laughs> and um, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm someone who is, you know, socially awkward and I kind of struggle, Me too. you know, with, with talking to people in general. Oh, no, I mean, I was such a socially awkward nerd. I didn't have a lot of friends um, like school was really, really hard for me when I was a kid and making friends was so difficult for me. Um, and so I, and my brother is, has, uh, is on the autism spectrum as well. So I saw him struggle with it in in a different way. Um, but yeah, being social, it's almost like when I am social, I have to take two days to be by myself <laughs> to, you know, regroup. <laughs> cause it's, it's so exhausting for, for me. Cause I think I, I am an introvert and, uh, it's hard for a lot of people. Well, I mean, and I don't blame you for being like, you know, introverted, especially like, you know, in the, in these times, like everyone's kind of turned into an introvert, whether they like it or not, because we're all stuck <laughs> at home with, yeah. with nothing to do. And, and you really can't yes. avoid that. But initially, when we were stuck at home, I, I thought to myself, oh, I was made for this. And I saw so many people say, oh, I'm made for this. I'm made for this. Uh, this is what, you know, I've been preparing for um, to be to not interact. But what I have realized is that um, it's, it's made my social anxiety worse because I don't have anybody to play off of. I don't get the feedback um, from a conversation that I would when I'm person to person. I remember I was living in an apartment when the lockdown happened. And this was at the point where it's like, hey, don't touch anybody. I, I don't even think we had masks on yet. Um, and this older woman in my building, she grabbed my hands. And it had been a while since another person had physically touched me, you know? Um, and I was so scared, you know, like for her, not for me, but I was scared for her. Um, and I realized, I was like, oh, this, if this goes on for years, how are we going to deal with when we are going to actually physically touch each other again? Um, 
and 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 also going to to animation what we're seeing is um a lot of the stuff that i am working on right now uh is a lot about um emotional competence how to navigate social situations which i think is desperately important for kids that have been in lockdown for an entire year you know what have we missed physically emotionally vibrationally with each other for this entire year yeah no i mean i've i've talked to, to you know i've made some friends you know on this podcast who have kids and they tell me like man it's it's hard like raising kids you know during lockdown because like they want to go out they're they're very social they want to interact with each other but they can't because it's like you know <laughs> there's a pandemic outside and you can't risk them becoming like super spreaders because that's like super spreaders yeah yeah it becomes like because that's the worst case scenario and yeah and i've you know unfortunately but what that does yeah, oh, no. go ahead no but i mean i was just gonna say like i have unfortunately had that happen with you know my family but everyone's okay now but um Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. My nephew ended oh. up uh, getting it, and um, it was awful. It was awful. My my sister and her husband had to had to quarantine themselves, and it was um, it was tough on everybody. Oh, but that's they're, awful. But they were but they're okay now. So, how old how old is your nephew? Um, he's three years old. He's going to be four uh, this summer. So, oh, see that just like <laughs> I'm not a parent, but that just kind of makes my my soul shake. You know, knowing that. No, no, it's a scary situation. And, um, you know, we're slowly getting the vaccine. You know, I've signed up for it, but my turn has not come. Unfortunately, I don't know when. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Same here. Um, L.A. uh, is pretty slow on the on the roll. I'm not in L.A., but I'm right outside of it. So I think March or um, May at the latest but at right now as far as studios go it is so weird to go to work as a voiceover actor because when we go to the studio right now I mean I appreciate all of the steps that they put into place but when we used to go to work we would go and we would come early we would sit in the control room and watch you know I remember being in there because I'm working on a show right now with Bob Bergen and watching Bob work from the control room or sitting with Lorraine Newman and Bob Bergen in um, the green room and just having these really incredible conversations and thinking, oh my God, (laughs) this is incredible. (laughs) Um, And I would always say to myself, well, don't take a picture with them because, you know, don't, don't make it weird. And I so, so, so wish I took a picture (laughs) because I don't, think I'll ever be able to touch them anytime soon um and when we go to work now it is uh we're treated like we just got back from Mars and we are (laughs) covered in like alien you know like virus and we have to stand behind a line and answer a bunch of questions and we have to have our masks on um in the studio we can't everything's over zoom with with producers and directors um And it's so, so different than being, you know, like when you listen to The Loud House, when I recorded The Loud House, I'm in a room with all of those, with most of the cast from The Loud House. We're all in the same room. So that, I don't ever, I don't see that happening for a long time. 
Yeah, no, um, I think I said this before in like another episode, but I think like the the days of going into the studio to record ensemble is sadly behind us now. Like even after the pandemic lifts, I don't think like studios are going to be like in a rush to get people back into the studio to record ensemble. They'll probably just because they realize now that, oh, they can just record via Zoom because like most of the new most of the new episodes have been recorded via Zoom. So they're like, okay, if if they can record these episodes via Zoom now, why are we wasting money renting out, you know, a studio space? And I'm like, you know. I I mean, okay, so I can speak to that. Actually, Um, we are now, and that's the show. We have people in New York, um, some fantastic actors in New York and, and here. And we obviously were in the studio until one day they were like, we don't know what's going on. I remember recording Ridley Jones and um, the the director, our voice director saying, there's some weird virus or uh, something. And I was like, oh, well, you know, just take echinacea or whatever dumb thing I said, thinking it's, it'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then the news reports started to happen. And then everybody started to get a little bit more scared every recording session until I walked in one day and they said, Broadway shutting down. And by the way, they had not announced Broadway shutting down, but we have Broadway. Um, we have Kuman and Diamond who write for our our show. They they did they also did Vampirina and a bunch of other things, and and they work on Broadway. And everything was shutting down, and I just thought, okay, I had to work from my closet for three months. I'm sitting in a tiny apartment in Hollywood with my microphone in my clothes, doing these intense scenes and as good of a audio engineer as I think I am when I would send those clips back things would be clipping they would be distorted um the engineers were going absolutely nuts because you have all of these people and none of our stuff is matching you know so um it was I think really difficult on everybody uh, behind the scenes. Cause all I had to do was sit in my closet for an hour and a half. Um, but we ended up having to go in and re-record most of what I had done and most of what everybody had done because we were all sitting in our closets. <laughs> and that's another thing like, that kind of sucks about recording, you know, at home because you have to be the engineer. You have to make sure yeah. you're not clipping. You have to make sure that um, your audio sounds studio quality because again, if if you if they hear like one one bit of background noise, they're like, "Do it again, do it again." I don't care, do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 you have these really intense emotional moments. So Chris Nee, she the way that Chris writes um, is as an actor, it's it's an absolute gift because she writes with emotional intelligence. Like you, a lot of the animation that you're going to see that's coming out is more grounded it's not pandering to kids or trying to teach lessons it's truly about a genuine connection and when you're sitting in your clothes in the dark like it's it's not the same um the performance is a little bit different it's a little bit rougher you kind of dread it and and I never wanted to feel like I was dreading uh, going to work. So the second that they said, okay, we can let you back in the studio. Um, like I'll dr- I drive two hours to work, um, just so that I don't have to work from home. 
Yeah, that was that. That must be a nightmare as well. Like driving in LA traffic during in a pandemic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, so the great thing about LA traffic is there's no traffic right now. Um, so what is two hours is maybe an hour and a half. I will say, the good thing about driving to LA is um, LA has some of the best food on the planet. Um, so you just get. If you're ever in LA, go to Hank's Bagels. That's those. That's the best bagel place you'll ever have. Masa Pizza. I've yet to find that <laughs> deliciousness here. So every time I go back, I'm like, okay, what am I bringing back home with me? <laughs> like a big grocery shop trip. But um, but you know, I mean, I bought a booth. I bought a giant um, whisper booth that is in my um, that's in my garage. It is, you know, kind of, it's studio quality and as amazing and lucky as I am to have it, uh, again, the things I never thought I would do for social interaction, I now do. I'm like, oh, okay, I have to drive two hours to like possibly see someone face to face, make eye contact. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that, that must, that sounds terrifying. Like I, (laughs) I'm, I'm the kind of person who like, whenever I go to my, you know, my therapist, like I, you know, dread going there because I'm like, oh God, the, the, the receptionists are going to try to make conversation with me. And it's not because I don't want to, you know, have a conversation with them. I'm just like, you know, really nervous because I'm like, oh, don't say anything weird. Don't say anything weird. Don't say anything weird. Okay. So I've been working on that really the whole, don't say anything weird stuff because all I do is say weird stuff. All like, I'm the kind of I don't really drink alcohol. Um, I never have. I never found it. Um, I I did a lot of research when I was younger about how alcohol just kills the bacteria in your system, and it's so bad for your brain. So I never really got into doing it. So being weird was kind of like what I did at parties, and I'm like, fine. I'm just gonna find the weirdest person I can talk to. Let's talk about aliens and let's talk about, you know, comics and let's talk about just tell me the weirdest thing you can possibly tell me. Because if you don't, I'm going to be super bored. (laughs) And that's who I am. Like, that's just I've embraced it because I'm sick of laying in bed at night thinking about all the weird stuff I said um, and worried that that person doesn't like me. I can't. I it's it's been so long. I'm 34. I've done it almost my whole life. So you're basically, you just walk into a room and you're like, alien abductions. They're yes. weird. Who, <laughs> who's with me? You, you, let's go in the corner and talk about it. Yes. <laughs> like, I I have chosen that the reason I say weird things, and I think the reason why so many people do, is because we are bored with the the average conversation you know and it's just like it almost feels like word vomit <laughs> you know you're just like Bleh! weird stuff weird stuff weird stuff but um I've just decided I would rather have that connection and that weird story than um talk about a dress that I bought or ugh, just forget it I'm out I'm out no, I mean I under I understand you because I'm I'm the type of person who's like, oh, I don't I don't want to talk about like what's going on in the world right now. Can we talk about like Rob Paulson or something? <laughs> like just something yes. like 
just just really something that I only get because I because uh, I, I think I've said this before in like an older episode, but I, but I'm I'm the kind of guy who's like if you give me a math problem. I will not be able to solve it. But if you tell me about, you know, but I'll tell you a, a whole lot about Rob Paulson's career. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because it's something that we're interested in. And so I would, I would liken it to when I was in high school, I dated this guy and he was um, really into underground, the underground punk scene. And something that I learned about punk and rock music, basically music in general is band t-shirts. Kids would wear band shirts as a way to show other kids, you know, I'm into this. And it was very easy to find your friends that way. You're like, oh, you like Tool? I like Tool. Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just this conversation starter for people that weren't the most social. So it was almost like, you know, um, th- this a beacon for them. And we, as um, people that are into to animation and, and things like that, we don't really have that as much, you know, that, oh, we're not wearing it on our bodies. Um, not all of us, at least. And and to that point, I would say, fly your freak flag, wear the weird shirt, wear the weird hat, because that's how you're going to find your people. I mean, that's why I kind of started this podcast, because like, I, I remember going to a convention <clears throat> and meeting like Fred Tatashore and, and Nolan North and and just being at odd how like very nice and welcoming and just like down to earth they are. And, and I just thought to myself like, hey, why can't I, you know, I've got, you know, we're at that point in time where we can basically talk to anybody online. Let's see if we can right. like do this. Like, you know, and I'm and I love I, lo- I love voice actors. I love, you know, you know, I I mess with that shit, you know, so. Yes. You know, yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> and And that's how you find your people. And and. And back, and when we're back to being out in public, it's very important that we find our people out in public. Also, the the guy that I dated was really into magic, the gathering, and he also found his people through that. He would go to the card store and and meet his people there. And I always thought, as somebody who was nervous I I realized the reason I'm so nervous is I think I'm just surrounding myself around the wrong people you know like I I should be around people that like what I like and are interested in the things I'm interested I mean obviously challenge yourself you can't always be around people that are like that but in general I think that that's a lot of where my anxiety came from is I was just around people that bored the crap out of me (laughs) No, I mean, and I and I totally relate because as a kid, I always thought that I was a weird kid because I was the only one who seemed interested in stuff like Batman and Spider Man and and all these cartoons. And I'm like, <clears throat> you have these doubts in your mind of, are you weird? Like, are am I not normal for caring about this stuff? No, the the truth is, like a lot of people do do have the same interests as you, but you you just gotta find them. And when you do, you can have as many conversations about the dumbest shit imaginable for hours on end and it will never get old because you will you will you will have found your tribe and you will you will you will be at peace with yourself exactly exactly and and that is that's just genuinely what i what i love and and also the the people that love animation that's a special special kind of group of people that you just think oh yes you care about something that I that um, I think animation is also just so multifaceted in that 
you know, when I get a script and I read what um, Jeffrey King uh, wrote, I, I just, I, I'll cry. And I, I think, I can't believe we're considered the talent because when you read these scripts and you see the stories that, that people are putting out and, and also the weird thing is, is that the stuff I'm working on now won't be seen for a year or even two years. That is wild to me. Yeah, be- I because I remember like talking to to people, and I and I and I and I have to remember like most of the stuff they're seeing that's getting released now was probably recorded like two or three years ago, and I'm asking <laughs> them questions about something that they recorded two or three years ago, and that's wild to me. I'm like, because <clears throat> it feels like recent, but no. They most likely recorded some of these shows back in 2017, 2018, and they just never got off the ground until recently. So, you know, if, if, you, uh, yeah. if you ask an actor something and they don't know, chances are it's because they probably forgot because so, <laughs> it's been so long. It's true. We, we, we forget. And um, I, you know, and also you work on things or... I remember when my first voiceover job, the first job I ever got, and I do not recommend this to anybody who wants to get into voiceover. Like the the weird stuff that has happened to me is just is weird. There's just too many weird things that happen. But this one, I got yelled at at my job. I was working two jobs that I hated, and one of the this old man was so like just mad because I couldn't come to work because I had an audition. And he goes, you need to get your life together and stop messing around and get a real job. And I looked at him in the face and I said, actually, I unfortunately have to quit because I booked uh, the lead on um, a series regular role on Barbie Life in the Dream House. So I, I ironically I have to quit. He goes, really? And I said, yes. And by the way, I did not. I was lying through my teeth. Um I just couldn't be yelled at anymore. I had seen the 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 cast the the notice online and I had submitted, but I hadn't heard anything back. Um, I put my demo on Facebook. This was 2012. I put my my voiceover demo on Facebook, and the producers for Barbie Life in the Dream House heard it, contacted me, and said, "Hey, you want to come in?" And I said, "Okay." <laughs> Holy crap! Is this really happening? I go in there, they give me the job. I'd never been in front of a microphone before. I'd never taken a class before. And I'm standing in this giant room with all these producers staring at me through a window. And he comes over the comm and he says, Ashlyn, uh, okay, so you're doing Midge and we have fired three other actresses. So you're in front of the gun, go for it. And I nervously laughed and snorted. I went, <laughs> okay. And they went, everybody burst into laughter and I did not do that on purpose. They burst into laughter and they said, Oh my God, that's her. Do it. That's her. So that's how I got my first job was through basically a lie or a manifestation as my as millennials like to call it. Weirdly enough, you're not the first person on this podcast to admit that they got a big role by mistake. So right? <laughs> I feel like, it happens it it happens it really does like i remember um matt hill you know the voice of ed on ed Ed, and eddie he got that role by mistake like because he was sitting there in that audition like and and he was struggling with it like no one knew what they wanted 
and he mm-hmm. just like tapped the microphone and said, "Oh, how do you get water from this thing?" And Danny, like, <laughs> and Danny, like, uh, the creator, Danny, Danny, um, lost his mind when he heard that. And he just like got up from his seat and said, "Say that again. Do that again." That's the character, and and that and that and the rest is history. So there okay, you go. <laughs> but does does this not circle back to what we were originally talking about, which was flyer freak flag? Be weird, be weird, because I did it. I got that role because I just like let myself be weird. He got that role. He just. <laughs> It's so important for for us to 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 not self-regulate as much as we're self-regulating and that also goes back to social media which is we're constantly looking at something that we like. Like I'll look at a picture that I just absolutely love. But then I'm and then I'll think about posting it and I'll think, "Well, well how many people will like it?" And then immediately all of the beauty is just sucked out of whatever I'm looking at. And we got to stop doing that because we're doing that with, with social media and we're doing it with ourselves. And eventually it becomes a program. We just start self-regulating and we become boring robots that nobody wants to watch. Yeah. It becomes a problem because you're not focused on putting out good content. You're focusing on like how many likes am I going to get? And I'm like, screw that. Like just, yeah. Just do what you want to do. Like, you know, this this show is done like on a very low budget, by the way. So, you know, I'm I'm not doing this from like a recording studio <clears> or anything <throat> like that. I'm not like I don't have like a ton of engineers like who who um who mix this stuff. You know, I, I you know, record the show by my by myself. I reach out, you know, by myself. I don't have a PR team, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I, I do this because it's fun and I don't care if it's perfect. I don't care if it sounds really awful. The point is I just want to have a good conversation. If I walk away from an episode feeling like I didn't have a great conversation, then I'm like, okay, you know, maybe next time. But that's <laughs> Maybe the goal. next time. <laughs> You're putting yourself out there. And so I, I have been really reflecting on this lately. So what you're saying is, hey, you know, I found something I love and I put it together with the pieces that I had. I didn't wait for somebody to say, here's a fancy booth or here's a this and that. You did it with what you with what you had. And we are so right now concerned with what people are creating, um, you know, on TikTok and on Instagram. We're so concerned with what other people are doing that we're not in our own ways creating anymore. We'll spend hours looking at other people making things. We need you need to step back and and look at it as a distraction and start creating on your own and that's that is what i would tell people stop worrying about you know your best friend from high school's vacation stop it don't do it stop worrying about that girl who used to like t- 10 years ago it's over it is over it's, it's, it's over <laughs> but 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 you're being smacked in the face and that is not normal that is not how as humans our brains were we were not created to be able to look in the past at things like that we were the happiness comes from being in the present and when you're constantly thinking about the future or you're thinking about the past you're never grateful you're never grateful and the only way that you can truly create is when you're in a present state and when you're in a in a grateful state and that's how creative 
moments happen. And that's also how you have a conversation with people. So people like us who have anxiety about conversations, we're either living in the past or we're living in the future. We're not being present. And that is honestly what I have been working on because eventually I'm like, I got to go out there and be social. And if I'm always looking at what someone did or what someone's going to do or looking back at what I did or what I'm going to do, I'm never happy no matter what I get. And that I, I can't go another day surrounded around that because we're creative people. <laughs> no, no, I get you. Like I, you know, there are days where I re-listen to, to old episodes or look back at old scripts I've written and I'm like, God, this is awful. This is terrible. Uh, I, I should, I should, I should have never tried this and blah, blah, blah. But, but then I realized like if I had stopped I wouldn't have gotten the drive to keep going and get people like Roger Craig Smith on the show or, you know, Nika <laughs> Futterman on the show or like just like these amazing people <clears throat> who are like legends in the industry have been on my show. And and it's <laughs> and it's, it's such a humbling thing. And, and, and the reason like that, that, um, that, uh, you know, I look back on that and say, you know, I did that is because I never quit. I said, you know, I'm going to keep moving forward. I get like. Trust me, I get more rejections than I do, like, um, you know. <laughs> Same here, buddy. Same here. <laughs> like, I get more rejections from people than I do, like, confirmations. And even when I get confirmations, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes, like, scheduling conflicts happen, and we can't, like, work something out. And, and you know, mm -hmm. you get bummed out about it. But, like, you just I, – I, I keep telling myself. I've said this multiple times, and I'll keep saying this until I'm bl blue in the face, but it's true. You got to keep moving forward. No matter how hard it gets, you have to keep moving forward because if you stop, you'll you'll go nowhere. Right. And I think also when you're – it's so easy for a lot of people, especially right now. So many people are in these very um, functional they're, – they're functionally depressed. So they're still getting up. They're still getting out of bed. But their days are escaping them almost. They're like – what did I do today? What what happened today? It almost feels like Groundhog's Day. And I have a friend who um, she was having difficulty with something. And I said, what's the thing that you do every day, no matter what? She has beautiful skin, by the way. I said, I love your skin. What do you do? And she goes, oh, oh. And then she gets excited. She goes, well, okay. So then I do this and then blah, blah, blah. And they go, okay. She, she really wanted to get um, into shape. She feels like, you know, the pandemic has kind of, um, you know, taken her in a direction she didn't want to go. And I said, so you do this one thing every day religiously. It's if you stop doing it today, your skin's not going to look bad, right? But eventually it won't look as good. And eventually and eventually and eventually. And it's, I said, the same thing goes for wanting to write or create or change your body or change your mind. You have to have a routine. And we're so stuck in this idea that if I do this today, I need to see results tomorrow. And that's not how this works. How it works is you just do it every day, every day, every day you do that thing. And that weight will get a little bit lighter. And it'll get a little bit easier to, you know, wash your face and do the routine or go to the gym or create that script, but, but do it every day and don't do it with a result in mind because we all know that you're not gonna go to sleep with pimples and wake up with clear skin i mean i had a horrible skin when i was a kid it took years years 
but it was consistency. And that is what I would say for, for everybody trying to do anything, stop getting um, stuck on a result and start getting stuck on a routine. No, I, I totally agree with you. Cause you know, once the, you know, cause I did have a routine, you know, before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit, like I did, you know, I woke up I woke up every day, took a shower, you know, got ready for work, you know, went to work, came back, you know, slept. And then, you know, I kept doing, spent most of my days doing stuff for me after like a long days, long days of work. <laughs> but, you know, once the pandemic hit and, and, and I, and I couldn't go to work anymore, I was like, well, shit, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, it becomes, right. <laughs> it becomes like very nightmarish because you're stuck in a situation that you don't know how you're going to get out of. You're like, well, mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try doing more podcast episodes, maybe. <laughs> but then, you know, I remember like when the pandemic first started, it was just like so hard to get in touch with everybody, with anybody because everyone was like panicking and, and they're like, <laughs> oh, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Not now. <laughs> just, and he just and I just kind of felt bad because, you know, everyone's panicking and I'm like, um, can you be on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. And also we were like, wait, what are you talking? Because we weren't yet really, you know, we weren't doing Zooms and, and things like that. Now it's second nature. Now it's second nature to to jump on a Zoom or jump on. But before it's like, oh, well, I'd rather just not. <laughs> I try. I got to go to work and I got to do this and blah, blah, blah. and all of that stuff. And what was so funny was, is all the people that I knew that 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 would say, well, if I didn't have to drive four hours to work well I would be able to do this and then all of those people realized that it really wasn't the commutes and uh the things that were holding them back it was really just their ability to time manage and um we as and and I firmly believe this I so I'm one of those I I graduated high school barely like I, I shouldn't have graduated high school I was homeless as a teenager, and a lot of that had to do with um, I didn't come from uh, parents that valued education, so therefore, I did not value education at all, and I, I, I genuinely feel like we have been our entire lives um, trained by a system to sit in a desk and be told what to do, you know, eight hours, I'm in desk, I'm being told what to do by my teacher, then I got to go home, and I got to be told what to do by my parents, because I got to do homework, and I got to do this. And we've never really taught kids how to self regulate, and figure out what they want to do with their time. So then we're set up and, and, and we spin out of control, we go, well, I'm not being told what to do. I'm not being told I have to sit in traffic and do this job for six hours and sit in this chair. And da, 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 da. and we spiral because we were never we never developed tools on our own. So that's something I, I I believe in. And honestly, when I have kids, no homework. I don't believe in it. I think it's I think homework is the devil. <laughs> that's a that's a weird quote to go on, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I genuinely think because I I was a nanny uh, for for so long when I was trying to be an actor. And you saw these kids just have these complete meltdowns when they would have to sit at home. And I'm like, of course you're having a meltdown. 
you sat in a desk for eight hours and then you're coming home and you're having to do homework. I, I, I think being creative is, I, I value that over anything. I value, let's get out the Play-Doh and let's build something. Let's, let's make things, create things. But the whole, let's do another two hours of math. I, I think that there's so much more growth that happens in the creative part of our brains when we're able to kind of navigate our own environment um, when we're young. That way we don't spin out of control when a job, when we lose a job. No, and, and I and I kind of agree with you because even as, you know, as I got older in high school, I realized like, you know, the the thing I hated the most about doing like assignments was okay, you're not asking me for my opinion. You're asking me to parrot out something from the textbook. You're seeing if I know what the answer is, right? You're not asking yeah. me for my opinion on it. You know, you're, you just it, want me, the, you just want the right answer. You don't want, you know, me trying to, to figure out the answer on my own. You just want me to parrot exactly. out something that, 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 that I've read like 100 billion times. And I'm just like, I hate this. I really do because it just like sucks away your creativity. And I'll and I'll say this right now: like, college was some of the worst uh, worst years of my life because um, you know the teachers, the professors there were were you know I, trying their best, but you know the material they were given was really just atrocious. And um, <laughs> I felt that the that the that the college should have um, tried to to find a way to make it more, you know, accessible to people like myself who are struggling, you know, socially. And you're asking me to, <clears throat> to, to do group projects. Of course, that's not, that's not, it's going to end up horribly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So, um, there was, I, I watched this thing on Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett is a billionaire, you know, and, and, um, I guess you would say one of the smartest people in the world, he's a billionaire. Well, his wife, was telling a story about how he and and he is he's he's extremely intelligent but his wife was feeling ill and she was in bed and she goes can you give me something i need to throw up i need something by my bed and he brings a colander which is how you strain spaghetti and he brings that and it has all these holes in it and yet and he puts it on like a cookie tray that was his in his brain, that made sense, you know? And she was just like, he goes from being extremely intelligent and reading all these books and becoming a billionaire to instead of just bringing me a bowl, he brings me a bowl with holes in it on a cookie tray. And I think about that all the time because we we need to understand that brains are different. Brain People, just because there was that, that meme where it was like, okay, who it's all these animals lined up and okay, whoever can climb the tree gets an A and you have like a mouse and a monkey and a bird and, and all these weird little animals. And of course, only a couple of those animals are going to be able to climb that tree based off of how they were born. And, and I just feel like it stunts creativity because that was when I decided I was going to be an actor because I had gone to school. They, 9-11 had happened um, God, I was a sophomore when 9-11 happened. And my senior year, I chose to do a, a persuasive presentation on why we should not go, go to war. Um, and, I, and, and I put this whole big thing in, but I was from a small town. 
a very small Republican town. And I had my my boyfriend who was going to Stanford University help me put it together. And it was such a good presentation. This is some from a kid who just, I absolutely hated school, but I this, this presentation was so good. And she gave me an F and she gave the kid who never presented, the football player who never presented, who was pro-war, gave him a B. Never saw his presentation, but gave him a B. And I got an F. And I realized, I was like, this the system is rigged. The system is rigged. And if I try to conform to it, I am doomed. I'm, I'm, I'm doomed. Because um, I'd rather be a freaking weirdo who says weird things than um, change my opinion to get an A. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember like speaking of presentations. I remember like um, back in back in um, God, what was it, two thousand eight, when I first started um, college. Um, one of the pres- <laughs> I we took public speaking, and um, one of the, they they told us like one of the um, one of the assignments was do do a presentation about whatever whatever topic you want to do for X amount of minutes. And me being the nerd I am, I did I did it about Star Wars. <laughs> <I> was, yes, <laughs> I did this whole presentation about Star Wars, and I did my research. I I did all this stuff, and and what do I get for it? A C. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> like, Is, isn't that wild that we we it's I can just imagine you sitting there just looking at it going this is the best thing she'll probably ever read or, or he'll probably ever read god I'm a genius and then that gut punch of this person doesn't doesn't value it's because we we put grades on creativity we put grades on passion even in even in hollywood we we give people awards best actress well that's subjective right like a plus and it's like well that's subjective. There's a lot of garbage movies that make a lot of money. So I, I hope I hope anybody that's listening to this knows that this is a common thing. And this happens to so many creative people where we sit down and we look at something and we go, oh, my God, everybody's going to love this. And then it comes out and people. And that's why it's so important that you love it. Because if you love it, you've got to do it for you. Don't do it for other people because people have a tendency to disappoint us and then weirdly surprise us. You know, same like with the Loud House stuff. I I knew Carol. I was told about Carol. I was told, well, you know, they have these, they, I guess it's called shipping and they have all these ideas of Carol. Um, so we want to present her in a, in a, in a certain way, a very, they, they think she's mean. We want to present her in a kinder way. And I'm like, absolutely. This is, this is fantastic. I did not know, had no idea the love that people had for this show or Carol until, until I started to feel it. So that, that was, that surprised me. (laughs) No, because I, I looked I looked back at some of the older stuff on Twitter because I'm like, okay, how many like stuff can I find related to Carol from the old days or or people who used to at you on Twitter before you deleted your account? And those are I did, yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. Those are those are hilarious. But um, looking back at those tweets now because they're basically talking to nobody because the, the account doesn't exist anymore. But um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I had to, <laughs> I had to delete. I 
too much social media, man, was killing my creativity and my time management. It was just, it's too addicting. No, but my point is like, I looked at all the old stuff and, and I was shocked at how, at how much fan content there was for Carol who only appeared yeah. in like two episodes. And I remember like reading old tweets from the, um, the day, um, senior moment aired and everyone was like, Oh my God, Carol's back. <laughs> like, <'cause it's> like... <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's, that's insane because you, 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 you never thought that, um, that a character who, who isn't part of the main cast, who is, you know, a supporting character, you know, well, not supporting a recurring character at this point could ha could garner such attention. But, uh, lo and behold, people really, really love this character. And, and I just, and I she just, was she no, was well written. I don't you think? Oh God, some of my favorite lines was um was when she's talking to Lori and she's like, "Oh, it got out of hand. I had to adopt that corgi, and he's mean." <laughs> right? <laughs> like she was so well well written, and you guys, everybody had this idea of Carol. They had their own thing in in their brain, and she was so. It, it was very nice to see, especially in, in senior moment, where Carol, as sweet as she is, you could see that they did not cave to Lori. They were like, okay, we're along for the ride. And eventually they had boundaries. They, they said, no. And that's so important for kids to see. It's so important for kids to see. It's okay to tell people you love no. And that is why the show is so good. They're not trying to beat you over the head with a lesson. What they're saying is we can love each other and disagree. And I'm not going to follow you down this crazy rabbit hole. <laughs> You've, lost your You've lost your damn mind. <laughs> no. And I, and I, what I love is she had like a couple really good lines where, where she's like, Oh, and I thought that that documentary on snails was fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, it's, I, and I always find that like, um, I, I was actually talking to my husband about this because uh, I always get the kind of the nerdy, the nerdy best friend roles. And, you know, Midge was very, she was very nerdy and Batgirl, very nerdy, but sweet and smart, sweet, smart and nerdy was kind of like my bread and butter for <laughs> most of my most of my career so far is just like I'm working on a show right now and um, my character could be mean, but the reason why I got the show was because, you know, she's written kind of not, not the kindest. She's not the kindest person in the group, but the, um, the creators said the way you, the, the way uh, you bring her across is, sweet you know and it's you're treading this this really weird line where can I have these moments where I have a massive ego but still be genuine and kind and loving and and a lot of us have those friends where we're like oh that person is a little into themselves <laughs> but we love them as as long as they're not saying anything crazy or something, you know, vile, then <laughs> yeah. then it's okay. Yeah. Then it's okay. Then it's okay. <laughs> exactly. And 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 that's about boundaries, right? We're we learning boundaries and and that's what I love about kids animation, especially now, especially 
what Netflix is starting to do. I mean, in the next two years, your guys' minds are going to be absolutely blown by the amount of incredible animation because that's what a lot of us are working on right now because we can't go to work where productions are slowed down or shut down. So you're going to see so much wonderful animation. And we address that where just because someone's having a bad moment, right? It doesn't mean that you're, you're not going to let them walk all over you and setting boundaries, personal boundaries for yourself is, is, is something that I know that I had a a hard time with because I was such a people pleaser. I was like, okay, whatever you say, fine. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll smoke this joint with you. Give me a lighter. (laughs) Right. And, and it's like, and, and again, back to me saying, I don't drink. I don't drink. I won't do it. And I can stand in a club or a party and not drink. And I make friends with everybody. I talk to everybody. I'm the designated driver. I'll drive people back to their homes. I've pulled people out of bushes before. <laughs> like, I am totally okay with this because I'm having fun. But also, I know when I'm not having fun. I know when it's time to go. And I don't know. There's, there's like a, there's a freedom in, in one, not using any type of substance to be able to be yourself. There's this, your brain grows so much before you're 25, before you're 20, your brain's basically kind of stops. um, It's still growing by the time you're 25. And I did not know that. So we say you're, uh, you're an adult by 18, but but really your brain is still growing. So if you're feeding yourself all these substances and you're surrounding yourself around people that are constantly violating your, um, your personal boundaries, your brain is going to take that in. So I love where animation is going because for someone like me who has a difficult time being social, I'm able to watch social cues differently. I'm able to go, oh, that's how you set a boundary. Oh, that's how you say no in an ice lane, so keep a friend. You know, like even at 34, I still watch cartoons and I'm like, that's a really nice, actually the, when I was in, um, when I was in high middle school, Hey, I was, I was a huge, um, Hey Arnold's, Hey Arnold fan. And I was getting bullied so badly. It was awful. Like I would tell my mom, I don't want to go to school. This is awful. And this girl was like constantly telling everybody that she was going to kick my butt. So I'm going to kick your butt. I kick your butt. She was saying the worst things on the planet to me and just making me feel like I was going to die. Like I genuinely thought, oh my God, I'm going to die, which is a horrible way to feel as a child. You should never feel like that. And yet really at that time in the nineties, adults really weren't keen on the whole bullying thing yet. They were just like, ah, buck up, get out there. You'll be fine. This girl was five, like almost six foot tall. She played in the like the varsity basketball team. I'm like, if she hits me, I'm going down. And I remember watching the pilot episode of Hey Arnold, where she had threatened him the entire episode. And then at the very end, he's like, he just acts insane. He goes, I'm crazy. I'm, you're not going to hit a crazy person. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going to do. So I went to school. The next day, she told everybody she's going to kick my butt in the locker room, and I freaked out. I went, fine, hit me. I start yelling, hit me, do it, I dare you, I'm crazy. And I just start reenacting what I saw on Hey Arnold. And the teachers, apparently they looked 
And then they walked back into their office. That's the kind of environment that I was in. And in that moment, I was like, if she hits me, I'm going down. But at least I'm not going to walk another day being scared of her because I can't physically and mentally do it. And guess what? She walked away and she never bothered me again. It reminds me of that scene in, in Batman where Michael Keaton goes crazy and he's like, you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get yes! nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what my husband said when I brought it up because he's 10 years older than me. And I said, so watch the scene. And he goes, that's a very popular writing. That's a very popular thing in, in a lot of movies. And I was like, well, you know, I would never have known that as a kid because I didn't watch adult adult stuff. So it was really nice to see that tactic put into to something that I was absorbing at that time because, you know, it's it was either go another day, go go years and years and years of being scared or, um, you know, in my own weird, freaky way, stand up for myself, which is not learn karate and fight this person. It's okay, just hit me and knock me out. I'm insane. I'm a crazy person. <laughs> No, I mean, and, and you did it in your own way. You didn't just like, you know, become a bigger bully where like, oh, well, I'll kick your ass if you're going to kick my ass. No, you, you, right. you found a way to get out of it without, you know, hurting yourself even more. So <laughs> I know. mean, luckily, yeah. luckily, like I <laughs> it's, it's not a tactic that I would recommend because I think in itself getting bullied definitely made me a much angrier person. I was such a sweet, kind person. And when I realized... I think I, I went the opposite direction. I started getting angrier and angrier and angrier because I realized I was like, gosh, people are so mean. It was almost like I felt trapped because I wasn't an adult. I was a kid. So I had to keep going back to the same place every day, every day, dealing with the same people that are treating me the same way. And I just wish, and, and this is honestly, I think something that saved me was drama finding a really small group of people I mean oh my god my um, brother-in-law by the way he went to school with me and he's gonna marry my sister and he used to throw trash at me at in high school like he was mean he was like oh remember when we used to throw trash at you <laughs> I was like yeah I do it was awful you know so I would say instead of going the route of being angry which is something that I definitely did or instead of getting absorbed in your mobile devices don't don't look at your devices they're going to cause you more anxiety find your people find the people that you can be weird around and um and share as much energy with those people as possible because it's it's too easy it's too easy to turn into the bad guy oh no i can totally relate because i spent most of my teenage years like late you know early 20s you know late late you know late you know teenage years um being angry at people, being like, you know, mm -hmm. very antagonistic, abusive. And I, and I burned a lot of bridges and, um, you know, I still regret that to this day. Like I'm 30 now and I still regret that because, you know, I, I burnt a lot of bridges with people who really cared about me and yeah, man, it, it sucks. Like, and, and I didn't realize it at the time, at the time I just was like, oh, well, I'm being tough on them because, you know, how else are they going to toughen up? Right. You know, like if they can't stand up to me and call me out on my shit, like how else are they going to toughen up to, to the other stuff? Right. And mm -hmm. I was just being a bully. And um, 
but we didn't know we were being bullies you know we were just I think it was so much it's so easy it's it's so easy to be mean when you because you learn it it's 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 not something that came innate to you it's not something that came innate to me it was not initially how we react reacted to situations but at a certain point you get beaten down to such a, a tiny thing that you're that you, you think well the only way that I can fight fire is to fight fire with fire and that is I couldn't stress enough the worst possible thing that you can do and and the best possible thing you can do is is to get away I, I don't know if, if people notice this but when you're on the freeway and someone cuts you off I've seen so many and I have done this too where I speed up like I speed up to get closer to that person. Like, how dare they just cut me off? Well, if that person is in a negative vibration, you're getting sucked into that negative vibration and you guys are being magnetically pulled towards each other, vibrationally pulled towards each other, negative and negative. You guys are just, so if you become the bully, you're just going to attract more bullies. And it's, if somebody cuts you off vibrationally or if somebody is rude to you, you want to get as far away from that person as possible to save yourself and to save your energy because we are creative people. We need people around us, the right kind of people, not a lot of people, but we need the right kind of people around us. And I would say just don't fall into that trap because we, and it's, it's the same reason why Batman doesn't kill the bad guy. <laughs> you know, he always pulls him up off the building because he doesn't want to turn into that. And, 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 you know, when, you know, when you're faced with, with that sort of thing, you know, it's easy to get, to get, to, to give into anger. It is easy to, to, you know, get angry at stuff. Cause you know, I'm not gonna lie like this morning, you know, I was looking at my phone at, at Twitter and, you know, I saw a lot of stuff that, um, you know, genuinely pissed me off and I really wanted mm-hmm. to, to, you know, at that person and say, you know, how dare you say something, you know, this, this stupid and whatnot. But I'm like, I took, I you know, took a deep breath, shut my phone off and I just walked mm-hmm. away. I said, I, I don't have to, I don't have to look at this. I don't have to look at this you anymore. You don't, because if you add that person, you spend the whole day checking and seeing if that they added you back or getting into this conversation and social media is designed, um, because we, it, this is just an algorithm. It is designed that we have more interactions with people when it's a negative content than when it's positive. Like if someone makes you feel good, you go, oh yeah, that feels good. And you shut off your phone, you walk away. If someone makes you feel awful, you spend your entire day on that platform arguing with that person. And then the social media is just raking in. It's just like money, money, ching, 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 ching. This person is upset, ching, ching, ching. You just get targeted with things and people that make you upset. And that is how the monster was built. And and I know this now. Now that I know this, now that I know when I see negative things, I'm being targeted for interaction and for money. I no longer feel like it's personal or this person is this way. I know that a, that a giant billion dollar company is targeting my time as a human being. And then I go, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. And I just, I walk away. Yeah, because you're not looking, you're not actively looking for this stuff. You know, it just pops Mm -mm. up in your feed and you're like, what is this? Why is this popping up in my feed? Oh, it's because Mm -hmm. the algorithm thought 
well, you follow someone else who liked this thing, so maybe you do too. No, <laughs> like, why would you think that? <laughs> right, and or or you're following somebody, and we know that this is going to make him mad, and he is not spending enough time on our platform. We need to up his time on our platform. So let's let's give him engagement. Engagement meaning negative attention, you know. So then we start to we start to confuse. Um, you as humans we are trained to run away from bears right we're like that's what kept us alive is fear and a fear response well if the the phone in front of you is constantly giving you fear responses what does that do to your brain what does that do to your body it puts you in a state of fight or flight constantly you're constantly um trying to fight somebody or run away from something and then we we wonder why we lay in bed at night and we and we just stare at the ceiling going uh, why why and shake it's because you're not supposed to be living with a bear in your house and your phone is a bear in your house so get rid of the bear yeah, don't don't try to do what Leo DiCaprio did in, in Revenant. Don't. It'll end badly. Yes. Yes. We're we're all Leo. We're all Leo like just bloody fighting a bear in our own home right now. And and we can't you know, talk to each other or or touch each other or get that energy from each other. I mean, really just physically holding hands or giving somebody a hug when you see how scared your friends are of giving you a hug you're just like oh god this cannot this can't go on forever we so we even have a quarantine episode in um in ridley jones to help kids deal with um to, to help kids deal with quarantine and and i think you're gonna see a lot of animation deal with with this more and more and more and Animation is so good for children, but it is so good for people like me because I, I, I genuinely feel like uh, every time I read a, a script, I become more and more emotionally intelligent. And I'm just not, I'm just full of anxiety <laughs> too much, you know? And, I, and, and you just kind of want to be like, hey, let's chill and hang out with our friends. And, and you kind of want to go back to that normalcy. Yeah, we all want to go back to that normalcy, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is normal? I mean, for so long we thought being social and now we're like, do I want to go back to Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> do I wanna, we'll see. Maybe. Do I want to go back to being yelled at by my boss for looking up something while I'm at work? <laughs> and 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 that was what I would say is is like making stronger choices. You know, it's like, no, I, I remember when I got, you know, like I said earlier, I made a really dumb choice, which was I lied and I quit my job, <laughs> you know, luckily I wasn't going to lose my apartment at the time because my husband had a job, but was I super, super poor? Absolutely. Like painfully poor for a very, very long time. But that just, for me, it drove me to work even harder, like I put out a fake commercial. <laughs> I taught myself how to, to do Pro Tools and be my own audio engineer. I 
really just every day dedicated myself to this one thing because I thought I'm never going to go back to getting yelled at again. Never. I'll never do it. And now my emails, when I do voiceover, it's like, Ashlyn, that was wonderful. And I show my husband, I'm like, look at this. Every time I get an email thanking me, um, it, it fills me with with an incredible amount of joy, you know, and that is, it it feels good that I made a strong decision. I don't think you should ever, you should suffer for your decisions. I I would never tell people, well, you got to suffer through it. That's not true. That was just me. Um, But having strong boundaries is so important. Um, And I hope that this has taught people how to set stronger boundaries for their emotional health. Yeah, because we kind of need that right now because there are, you know, we're not the days of the after school special are kind of over. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is no like Mr. T isn't around anymore t- telling us, <laughs> you know, to not do drugs and whatnot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And and we're inundated, you know, we when we were kids, right, it was Saturday morning cartoons or we Rocco's Modern Life or whatever it was, but we didn't have a device that was targeting us and showing us things that we shouldn't have been seeing, you know, or interactions that we shouldn't be having. And I, I, that's why I think I love what I do so much because I genuinely believe when I look at people who send me like fan art or they send me messages, I'm like, okay, just I can't respond to everybody and I usually don't because I think also social media has a problem with boundaries where people think that once I respond to them we're friends and we have this like big long giant conversation and I just can't do that with everybody and then I feel so incredibly guilty where I'm like oh the boundary thing I'm not not responding to you because I don't like you I'm not responding to you because I genuinely can't be what you need me to be. Do you know what I mean? And so it confuses people also because they think, oh, I can reach out and touch these celebrities and touch these people and have these really strong emotional connections with them. And that's just not how life is. Um, Most of us, especially older, our circles are very small. Our emotional uh, time is is limited um so finding your own circle finding your own people keeping your circle tight these will stop you from being so angry from being confused um and these are the people that when you do falter they will say to you hey you're being a jerk knock it off yeah, and I mean, as as you get older, you kind of you know you'll you'll get um, you'll get used to like a, having a tight knit group you know around you that you can always rely on. Don't like don't go around messaging random you know actors and whatnot for for stuff. It's just creepy, man. <laughs> like don't don't do that. <laughs> and and it happens so often and and it it happens so often and I think to myself every time I get random messages from people and they want to have like big long conversations, I think to myself, "Well, man, you know, if I was a weird kid and and I was, you know, kind of doing my own thing and if I had a cell phone and I didn't have the um interactions that I was looking for I would definitely try to reach out maybe I probably would because I was just that kid 
So I have a, a ton of empathy for people that reach out to actors who genuinely shape them as people. Like we, there's just, there's some, there's a connection. They feel a connection with us. Um, and I just want to say, just because we can't be there for you in the way that you need us to be there for you, doesn't mean that you're not loved. Doesn't mean that that um, uh, that you're lesser than. It just means that this is not the medium to communicate with people. It's it, it really isn't. Social media is really a place where we unfortunately are selling our ourselves. I actually did not have an Instagram until I started working on Ridley Jones. And one of the actors was like, you need to get on Instagram because we got to sell this show. We got to pitch this show to people. And I was like, oh crap, you're right. Like I got to tell, like I got to have these interactions. So, so Instagram is, is not a place where I converse with people. It's a place where I show you what I'm doing. This is my studio. This is where all of that, all of that. I show you 1% of my life. So I hope that that kids out there who reach out to us don't feel rejected or angry um, or unseen. You are so, so incredibly loved. But this is just not the, it's not the medium um, where you're going to get those, what you're looking for. And another thing uh, people need to understand is that, uh, you know, you're reaching out to a person not the character they're playing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, yes. And that is that obviously is classic confusion. Um, and, and I would say the same thing with musicians. You know, when you see a musician on stage and you think, oh, this person must be so dark and moody and I'm dark and moody. And in real life, you realize that that person is just a sweet, per you know, regular guy who puts on a costume. And you're like, oh, wait, what? Oh. Uh -huh. um, there's the, there's an illusion. Um, so you, you walk this really weird line where you want people to love what you do. Okay. So when I took over for Mae Whitman for Batgirl for the final season, by the way, I did not know that I was, I, I, I didn't understand. It was never explained to me exactly what was happening until I was in the room and I was taking over for, I didn't take over for May because uh, any other reason aside from technical difficulties, she was working on another show, um, good girls. And, um, they had tried to do some, um, uh, connection with her multiple times and it just didn't work out. So eventually we got stuck in just a scheduling thing and they were like, well, let's bring in the, <laughs> let's bring in the other one. So me taking over for May was not, was not anything other than um, she's just really brilliant and wanted um, and working all the time. And, and, and May is somebody who I have followed for so long and wanted to be like for so long um, that when I took over for her, it was like, holy crap. It, it almost felt like we, we were touching. And this goes back to what I'm talking about when people reach out to us. You know, we get those same feelings when we, when we do these things like, holy crap, I'm basically touching me Whitman. No, you're not <laughs> like you're taking over for her. Cause she's super busy and super famous and amazing. Um, but when that came out, you could see people were very upset. They were like, she's awful. She doesn't sound like Mae Whitman. She's not Mae Whitman. And it was because they had a connection with her. 
they had a connection with the 2D Batgirl. Um, and I was 3D Batgirl. I was, you know. So um, we want to be loved. But we also understand that this is a business. And not everything we do is going to be well-received. I loved those episodes. <laughs> I thought they were so good. Um, but wasn't well wasn't wasn't as well received because it's not May, and that I respect. Yeah, you're always going to have people who are attached to a certain version of the character <laughs> that an actor played. So, and and they're going to prefer that version, which is fine. But like, don't don't be addictive to someone who takes over <laughs> who takes over the role because it's just it's it's just really stupid and. You know, I, I kind of figured it, it had something to do with scheduling because I looked at mm -hmm. um, looked at the time frame of when those episodes were made. I'm like, yeah, that she was probably shooting Good Girls at the time, and that that was a demanding show. So, you know, oh, they yeah. couldn't it, it, they couldn't work it, around it. Was, it. it was um a thunder. I believe it was a thunderstorm actually when she was supposed. I believe I'm remembering that correctly. It was many years ago, but there was some wicked thunderstorm wherever she was filming. And they lost power, and it was probably the second or third time they had rescheduled the session, and it it just didn't work out. So eventually, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to move on." And um, it was the final season, so whatever. But that is something that uh, the the criticism it's <laughs> it, it like it keeps us on our our toes. And and I have stopped reading it. it was, I think the funniest criticism I ever got was um barbie life in the dream house um i guess a lot of people are watching it now because it's on netflix and people in other countries go why does midge sound like a pig because <laughs> i guess snorting a snort laugh is not as uh it's like an it's american thing not so much something that you see other people do it's like a nerdy trope that we have in america so other kids in other countries are like, why does she sound like a pig? So like, well, I mean, and, and now you, you pretty much ruined um, Carol for everyone else. Cause like, if they ever replace you, everyone's going to be like, that's not Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. It's full circle, right? Like, um, and if people, if, you know, I would be devastated if someone took over for characters that I did. I mean, you saw with Tara strong when they replaced, Tara um, and all the Powerpuff Girls um, with these new actresses, and I'll, and I had a meeting with a, my friends that are actors, and we were just talking about all the recasts that are happening. There are just so many shows that you're going to start to see that are that are being rebooted, and I, I we we talked about that. We were like, why are you just not getting Tara? We know the voice. We grew up with her. We grew up with all of these people. And sometimes it is not, has nothing to do with the actor because these people are very kind and very easy to work with. So I'm like, what could be the problem? And sometimes it's a creative thing where this person comes in, they pitch a show and they say, well, I want to have my own spin on it. I want this type of animation. I want these type of voices. Um, and they, they, the whole vibe is different. So therefore, the people you have fallen in love with are not there. So you're like, that's not my boyfriend. That's not my husband. <laughs> you feel like a family member is gone. 
and 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 you rage against it but they continue to do it um and so i think on some level it's working because if it wasn't working they wouldn't keep doing it and and sometimes like an actor eventually gets too old and they just decide to retire from the role and someone else takes over and that's fine like i mean Mm -hmm. a lot of people you know who grew up in the 90s myself included like, you know, Arlene Sorkin will forever be our Harley Quinn. You know, she mm-hmm. will forever be Harley Quinn. But, um, you know, over the years, I've learned to appreciate, um, you know, Tara, Tara Strong's take on, on the character because she's mm-hmm. been doing it for so long. And at first I was like, ah, that's not Arlene. Arlene doesn't sound like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. Tara, Tara, made it, made, Tara made it her own. And um, I wish more people would realize that instead of just being dicks whenever someone gets recast. <laughs> Right, right. And and it's also kind of a power trip when they do it. They're like, I know so much about this show and I know so much about blah, blah, blah. And this is a little, um, so they're just kind of, when I see people do that, I, I see somebody who so desperately wants to be seen. I so desperately want my opinion heard and seen. Um, and, and the truth is, this business and and most businesses you need to evolve and if you're going to be stuck in what what worked 20 30 years ago we're never going to be creating new things you're never going to hear new sounds or new takes on things you're just kind of always going to be stuck in this nostalgic past if you like it so much just watch the old ones but these people that scream you know injustice (laughs) you're like um okay okay, you're heard, you're listened to, like, kind of like a pat on the head, like, okay, okay, sit down now, calm down, this is just a show, um, and it, it's obviously working for some people, um, there are so many more shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because you don't like that particular version of that character does not mean all the other previous incarnations <laughs> have ceased to exist, apparently, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, it's more just people, um, wanting to be seen wanting to have conversations when people say things that um are just aggressive i realize that they're not being aggressive what they're doing is they're saying i need a connection they're screaming i need a connection connect with me you know i'll see people on i used to post on my youtube channel which i don't do anymore and and people would go on there and say she's not the real voice she's faking it she's da 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 and they would just, these I mean, these are like eight-year-olds using their mom's iPad on there just. And I'm like, you're doing this because someone is not sitting down with you, looking you in the eye and talking to you. You're staring at a screen, screaming into it. So um, I'm not going to be upset that an eight-year-old thinks I'm a fraud. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, you need some, uh, you need some attention. You know, you need someone to sit and talk with you. Oh, God, I can imagine, like, I don't know why, but I kind of imagine, like, someone posting a comment, like, some kid posting a comment on, like, the clip of Carol you put on your YouTube channel saying, mm-hmm. why, why don't you post the full episode since you worked on it? Right, right. And you're constantly, like, treading a line of not doing that because, obviously, um, you will get a cease and desist order and and. I had to wait a really long time to even post it because I had to wait until other people were posting it. And, um, you know, it was, it was out there. Um, because this is, that's really just for if someone wants to hire me, um, they can listen to 
listen to my stuff when they Google me. Um, they go, oh, this is what she sounds like and, and things like that. It's not really necessarily for um, <laughs> people to be like, oh, she's a fraud. That's not her. <laughs> You're not Carol. <laughs> where's... You're not Carol. <laughs> where's where's like, your name oh. in the credits, huh? 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 <laughs> yes, which they totally, I don't know if you guys noticed, but misspelled uh the last one they gave me two n's i think on my name and so my imdb is all jacked up because they misspelled my name um on the last um loud house episode which is totally fine they can misspell my name just invite me back <laughs> so i can do more i think i i mean and this is just what i think it would be so cool if like Lori went to college and carol where to follow her and there were to be because we're all growing up everybody's getting older it would be kind of nice to see Lori going to college and um, having those friends around her um, a spinoff well I mean they did do um, Lori's in college now like we're getting episodes. is she in college <laughs> yeah she's they did a whole special with her going to college finally oh I did not see that <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've seen so she's in she's in college now but are they doing a, a new like a, a spinoff season for her? No, no, no. She's just in college. Like there are episodes, like there's an entire episode centered around her hunting a ghost in college. It's really oh. weird. <laughs> I'm just saying like give Lori a spinoff and maybe Carol can be there. <laughs> her own something. No, I we, I, we want to see more of Carol because it's just, I, I always find it so fascinating when, you know, um, a character like a minor character shows up and becomes really popular that fans demand for more of her. And, um, and for, for whatever reason, the network's like, yeah, no, no, I don't get it. <laughs> I, do, I would love, I, I say I would love to know the answer, but I'm not sure I would. Cause I'm like, do I want to know the answer of why? Um, could it just be a, a writing thing? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I do know that, um, you know, they, you know, you plan out your, your season way ahead of time. So that could have a lot to do with it. They, they plan their seasons out so, so, so far in advance. But um, every time I, both times that I've gotten um, these scripts, I've read them and been like, oh, this is why the show is so good. You know, you're just seeing and then when you're in the room with all of those characters um, and you watch all of them work and we're all bouncing off of each other, making jokes, um, I just think to myself, gosh, I hope they have like more behind the scenes because these actors are hilarious. They're, they, it, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's energy that I, that I rarely experience. And it must be so weird to to work on a Nickelodeon show and and you're working with oh man man that's Laura Jill Miller I remember her from uh, Give Me a Break back in the day oh yes <laughs> Laura Jill's in there and 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 you're just and you know um yeah they, you're looking around going is this real I mean all I mean let's let's put aside the fact that you're going into Nickelodeon right and so you're seeing all of these incredible Nickelodeon statues and SpongeBob and you're seeing all the artwork on the wall and you're just trying not to cry because um, you're like, this is my, my eight-year-old self would freak out if she knew. And then you got to go in and be professional. 
they're like, here's your scripts, here's your contract, here's your, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna try to be so cool. <laughs> but it's like, you know, then you're standing there going, these people, when you see humans make those character voices, that's also weird for me. I'm like, oh my God. It, it is the weirdest thing to just to sit and, and watch eight people do an entire scene. And then when you go and you finally see it animated, it's mind blowing. Yeah, especially how smooth the animation is. You didn't expect it to be really as smooth and fluid as it is, but it is. And it's kind of really amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And, and uh, you know, also something that uh, I don't think is talked about a lot is when you're on camera and you're working with somebody, you're bouncing off of them. You are having really um, natural pauses between lines. It's like, I say something, I take it in, okay, well, da-da-da. That is not how it can happen when you have eight people in a room. You cannot step on someone's line. So you almost have to hold back an impulse, and that impulse has got to be still genuine, (laughs) which is not as easy as it sounds because you got to take a beat not to step on somebody because you don't actually know when that actor is completely finished you step on their track right we got to go back we got to do it again and everybody and everybody knows it so you're like ah crap group records are are um you get really great energy from group records but they uh, are so much harder in that when we do a scene we do the whole scene through and through when I go in and I work on my own I do give you an a b and a c and then they go okay let's take the a let's take the b okay redo that do that over again we're going to change this and that is uh it's 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 very different um you get less uh shots at when you're group recording yeah you gotta wait till you know Catherine Tabor finishes her lines first and then you go Exactly. And, and your natural reaction when she, when Kat finishes is to go, oh, well, did it, you know, and just start it over again. And you can't, you have to take it in, take a second. Cause she might give you something and go, she might be like, well, you know, and then blah, 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 and give you a breath at the end. Um, you can't step on her breath. You can't, st- you gotta be listening to her. Whereas if I am just by myself, um, I can do all those things and they put them all together um, there's a lot, there's a lot more training that, that, that's involved in something like this, where you have to still be genuine, um, but not, but technical. <laughs> yeah. Especially like when, um, when you're doing, um, when you did a senior moment, like there was, um, there was a lot of scenes where other characters were talking. So you had to wait a really long time to, for them <laughs> to finish. And then you can say your line. <laughs> Right, right. And so you better be listening. Um, and there are times where we get lost or we go, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A little, you know, and, and, and you'll say it or, um, you, yeah, you, get, you can get easily lost in a script um, or think that people are on a specific page because we can do a couple of pages. So you sit down, you go, oh, okay, well, I'm not in this one. And you sit down. But if you're not listening, they're not going to say you're, you guys are in this next scene. What they're going to say is, okay, we're moving on to 56 through 87. And that's what they're going to say. So you better be paying attention. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> because, got to memorize uh, that that number. <laughs> you got to memorize it. Yes. 
yeah, you have your pencil. You have, uh, we don't have, I don't, for some, we don't have paper anymore. Um, we used to have paper. We, we do iPads now, but yeah, you, you got to circle your stuff and you got to be paying attention because, um, as great as Nickelodeon is, Nickelodeon is great because, um, you know, they're really good at their job. They're very professional. And you don't want to be going in there being the one that screws up the entire recording because you're not paying attention, especially when you're just a day player. So I was like, make sure you're listening. So it, it's it's a lot. And, and you get all sweaty and you're, you're <laughs> just like nervous and... And, um, and you yeah. don't and you don't want to like you know listen to the line and you're like well Catherine uh, crap Laurie <laughs> yes 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 absolutely you know so um there are yeah I mean I remember for Barbie we didn't get the seat we didn't get the script until that day luckily now they send us the script ahead of time but we were talking about it and we thought man I don't really practice my lines at home like. You know, people that do do on camera, they practice their lines, they learn their lines, they're off book. I am not. None of us are. And it's because sometimes when we go in there, we are, we think the scene is something that it's not. And if you practice too much of what you think it is, you'll never get it out of your head. And they're like, no, Ashlyn, that's not what this is. That's not how we're saying that. And we do, we do something called line reads. Where when I was in theater, oh my God, if you did a line read, people would freak out. They'd be like, never give someone their, never give someone their line, you know, because actors are very sensitive. When I am in a cat, when I am in records, the casting director, if I'm not getting it, they'll say, Ashlyn, it, we want it more like this. Da -da 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 -da. You're doing da -da 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 -da. you know, and it saves so much time. And I am unbelievably every time grateful when they tell me how to say it. Because sometimes you're just not getting it, you know? It's like someone's singing you a note and you're singing it back to them. You can't have ego when it comes to this. You just got to sing the note back. It's very simple. It's a team thing. No, it's step, 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 pivot, pivot, step. Do you want to piss off the yeah. volcano, God? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And yeah, yeah, you're just like... Give me get the the quickest point from A to B. Just give me that so that I don't want to be sitting here struggling. Um, and that's what that's another thing that's interesting about what we do. Everybody thinks that it's it's theater rules, and it's not. It's this big team. It's a it's a big team effort where it's like, nope, we're doing it like that. Blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. Repeat, repeat after me. You know, sometimes you're super creative and sometimes that is not what the, um, and now that we're in Zooms, the director talks to the writers um, and the producers. So you see everybody. Before coronavirus, um, we would be in a room and they would press a button and they would give us a direction and they would take their finger off the button and you wouldn't hear. You would just see their lips moving. <laughs> And obviously every insecure actor is thinking, oh, they think I'm garbage. They hate me. <laughs> you know, like That's what we're always kind of worried about. But in Zooms now, you hear everything. You hear them say, no, that's not right. Yes, get this. Take this 
you know, we liked her A, we thought her B was funny, give her this, you're hearing everything. And you're able to course correct so that you are, and this is what my friend David, who I work on the show with, he's like, we're able to course correct um, based off of feedback that we have never heard before. So it has completely changed the way we as actors operate. Yeah, you notice like in the newer episodes of Loud House that have been recorded via Zoom that the actors are, you know, much better when it comes to their timing, when it comes to to the cues. And Mm -hmm. you notice like there's a little difference in the performance there because it wasn't there because it's like, well, there's a little bit of twang there that wasn't there in the previous seasons or, you know, there's a a vocabulary or um, what's it called? Um vehicular not vehicular um what was it vernacular vernacular that the wasn't vernac- the, yeah. vena- the vernacular yeah. is different yeah, yeah. that's so interesting really yeah i noticed that because i'm like just re-watching episodes from like the previous seasons and 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 look i mean the cast was always great and they were always wonderful but um they got better as, as the show went along because you watch those earlier episodes where everyone's trying to figure out their character and it's kind of it's kind of rough <laughs> it really is rough oh yes <laughs> absolutely uh, it's, it, it can be so rough to try to find your character the first and also you know uh something that's scary that a lot of people don't talk about is um you know the first couple of weeks that you're working on a show uh you're you could be fired um I was working on a show where, and I had already, and I had gotten let go. I had gotten fired from a show like two years ago and I got fired from the show because uh, they wanted a name and they, they fired me and they fired the lead girl. Um, It was me and, and the, and the, and the lead. And they replaced us with Kari Walgren, who's a genius and amazing. And she did a fantastic job on this, uh, on the show. Um, It was uh, Dorothy Avaz. Um, so she, she took over for, for us on, on Dorothy of Oz, but you know, if you're not getting it in the first couple of weeks, you can still, after recording many episodes, be fired. And that was super devastating to me because I didn't know that that was possible. I thought, oh, well I'm in and that's not true. So when I was working on another show, I remember hearing the producers say, oh, Ashlyn sounds a lot like eh, and the other actress that's on the show. And I freaked out in, inside. I went, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my job. Like, I started to, like, kind of, like, shake a little bit going, I'm going to lose this job. I'm going to lose this job. And the following week, I was called in. I got the script. And I, oh, my God, I didn't lose my job. I got in there. And the producer said, well, we had to fire the other actress. You guys sounded too much alike, and we chose you. <laughs> um, and I got out of the session, and I cried. I called my agent, and I cried because I know what it's like to be fired. And I and she kept saying, but you didn't get fired. You know, they kept you. And I'm like, but that other girl, she was good too, you know? I uh, just, just, I know what that feels like, but this is not talked about the, working the kinks out. Sometimes you're able to work the kinks out and sometimes they're just like, bring in the, uh, bring in the one we know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's devastating because, and it's happened before with other actors where, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they work on this show for this big company 
and they think, yeah, we got this in the bag, and then, oh, you're fired because you you didn't get, uh, you know, it's just not working out, and then they just bring in someone else, like, midway through the season. Or, I mean, or... what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What is that? I, you know, um, I, I get scheduling conflicts and, and all of these things, but uh yeah there and this is this is the thing that i learned from getting fired from that show i learned that um i never ever ever want an audition i never ever want to book anything that i'm not right for and when i first started out i thought i'm amazing i gotta get this i'm gonna get this i want this i want this show and now i sit back and i think i hope this goes to the best version of this character I no longer have an attachment to the booking because I would much rather not get it than get it and get fired. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of um a lot of people like once they stop doing a certain character, they have to let go cuz it's like you don't want to think too much about it because if you do, it's going to it's going to eat you up inside. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the the producers for that show for Dorothy of Oz, they called me and they said, "You know, we really enjoyed you and and all of this stuff, and and I had just booked Batgirl at the time as well for Warner Brothers, and this was also under the Warner Brothers umbrella in, in some sense. And I knew that they wanted a name, and boy, did they go with one of the best in the business. Um, but I remember thinking, I'm going to work so, so, so hard now because I know I have a lot to, to learn I know I'm not the best. Like they would say, do this old, do an old woman character. I really don't have that in my tool bag yet, you know, but Kari does. Um, do a Russian. I don't have that in my tool bag, but Kari does, you know, so there is so, there is so much for me to learn. And there's so much growth that needs to happen um, for me as an actor that when I see somebody succeed, um, even if they took a job that, that I was on, I think, God, I am so impressed. And I root for them. I never want, I never wish ill will on anybody because I, I understand that I am in a business um, of insanely talented people. So root, root for people. No one is your enemy. Don't treat them like, because they're not. They're your friends. Yeah, and um, especially like being a fan of um, of certain voice actors, you kind of want to see them work forever. I'm like, you know, as long as that person is working, I'm happy. But if they stop mm -hmm. working, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, voice is a vibration, right? We can tell a lot from someone's, someone's voice. Um, we feel a lot from someone's voice. That's why... The, the glottal fries that, you know, the, the, the frying of the voice where, girl, they talk like this. You want to try to stress people not speak like that. They're taking, not only are you destroying your, your vocal cords when you speak like that. Uh, it came, it, it, and it primarily came from people watching Kardashians. They, they started to lower their voice. They started to take all of the music out of it. Um, you're, you're wrecking your voice when you do it. Um, you're taking all of the emotion out of your voice and you're not understanding how to communicate emotion anymore. You're saying things like, I am so excited. You know, it's like, what did you just say? You're so excited. And that's how you said it. So, uh, we get attached to how music makes us feel. And we also get attached to how, um, a voice can make us feel. 
And that's another thing you got to wor worry about is like, you know, when you're recording lines that your voice doesn't crack or fry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. And, and I fall into it. I was, I had to sing on this show and I, I went to, um, uh, a vocal coach to, to, for singing. And she goes, you're, you're frying your voice. And I'm like, I am, you know, I'm like, I am, <laughs> you know, cause you fall into really negative uh, vocal patterns based off of whatever is in your life or um, what you're learning. So I try not to surround myself around, uh, in particular, I don't watch any uh, reality TV because genuinely reality TV changes the, the, my, just like when you're around somebody that um, talks with a Southern accent, you can't help but talk slightly with a southern accent you're like oh yeah hey y'all <laughs> you can't help it um that's the same with uh, mim we mimic so if you're constantly watching reality tv you're gonna mimic the horrible sounds of their voices <laughs> well i mean even even like other animation video games if someone like has a distinctive voice you can't help but like you know want to mimic you that. can't help it <laughs> you can't help but we want to mimic we we hear something and we want to relay it back um unfortunately if there are people that that misuse their voice and then we in return don't have no idea the damage that that we're creating you know i mean you look back on how people spoke um you know the mid-atlantic the, you know, the mid-Atlantic accent and how, you know, the way that we were uh, with our voices. Um, we don't talk like that. <laughs> you know, we are, uh, we evolve. But understand, don't take the music out of your voice. Please don't take the music out of your voice. Don't go down with your voice and try to take all of the emotion out of it. Um, we need people to, to, we need to feel what what people are saying yep <laughs> you know i can i could not agree more <laughs> right i mean especially for for so many of us i mean we're we're on zoom calls and 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 you know just just listening to each other now and um this is how we convey and uh, when, when you have the mask over your face and you're trying to talk to people you can't be talking with a glottal fry saying i'm so excited <laughs> you you know, you have to say, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you for helping me or whatever it is, because you can't smile. You, they can't see your smile. They can see your eyes and they can hear your voice. Also, like whenever I'm in my therapy, wherever, whenever I'm in therapy and we have to like talk via, you know, with masks on, like I have to like mm -hmm. raise my voice slightly because, you know, I know it sounds muffled. So I kind of. I have to raise my voice a little slightly to get my point across, which is annoying, but, uh, you know, I got used to it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so annoying. Cause it doesn't, it, you're just like, am I yelling? And then you worry, you're like, am I going to start yelling when I, when I don't have the mask on? Because my volume control is, is weird now. And you know, yeah. Even my husband's like, why are you yelling? And I'm like, I, I'm yelling. He's like, yes, you're yelling. <laughs> like the damn mask. Yep. Um, well, I mean, this has been a very fun conversation, but we're almost at the two hour mark right now. Holy crap. I did not expect it to, to go this long. <laughs> Look what you did. 
<laughs> Damn it, you're gonna, Ashlyn. You're gonna, edit, <laughs> you're gonna edit this, right? You're not gonna make people <laughs> listen to two hours of me ranting about just the worst. Um, like just a ranting. Um, yeah, we got. I kind of have to wrap this up, but um, unfortunately, we could go on for for another um twelve hours. I mean, but... <laughs> I know, I know, I could because. Again, social social interaction. I've had very little. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, thank you very much for taking the time off to do this. We should do more of these because this has been a very fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am always down to talk about random things, um, weird stuff. Maybe we can talk about some aliens next time. <laughs> totally down. Thank you so much. And um where can people find you on social media? <laughs> uh, Ashley, Ashlyn Madden uh, and on Instagram. That's all I'm I'm currently doing right now. I'm, who knows? Let's see if I even keep it up. I don't know. Um, but uh, as of right now, that's where you can find me. And then I'll try to start posting things on, on YouTube a little bit more, like behind the scenes. And my goal is to do some behind the scenes stuff so people can see um, what it looks like when, when I work. All right. Awesome. And um, can you give us a quick update on any stuff that you're currently working on? Yeah, a quick update. Uh, Ridley Jones. Ridley Jones is coming out this year. It's coming out on Netflix in a couple of months. I know I can't say when they'll announce it, but um, I guarantee it'll, it'll say preschool, but it's it's a show for everybody. So um, be on the lookout for Ridley Jones. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.